back. We're the artist formerly known as the Luscious. <laughs> we decided to get a little expansive. Because funnily enough, being a slut through the pandemic has its positives, but honestly, it's not as fun. Do you know what the actual issue was? We became more gay. We did, but we also just really like sex with each other. Oh, yes. <laughs> and every time we'd go and like explore other things, it was sort of just disappointing. Every time. like, Well, not every time. No. You know, I've had some fun. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I've had some fun and I'm excited to introduce you to all new mm-hmm. characters uh, and, you know, be able to explain some wonderful little things and explore more into that. But I've just really enjoyed eating you out. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back, bitches. (laughs) I just had that moment of like, yeah, we really, we really always were that that explicit, weren't we? Yeah. It's yeah. been a while. It's been a while. I've missed us. I've missed us too. And I've heard from many of our loyal listeners that they have missed us too. Well, hopefully we don't disappoint tonight. Okay. So we thought we would talk about, we, we're going to revisit an old topic. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, well, what's the point of starting something new if you can't look at it with fresh eyes? That was a lot of bullshit. You're welcome. There really was. I loved that you were going to go into this really profound moment and then I think you got sidetracked halfway through the sentence. I did. The you didn't horn know where you were going. and I uh, yeah, in the fair. background and I got distracted. <laughs> Look, we're, we're currently sitting in uh, your creative space today. We are. And uh, I'm sitting on the ground. And I am sitting at my desk. We managed to get the microphone cable to go just far enough, which was amazing. Yeah. Okay. But without the distraction, we are going to re- revisit an old – Topic. <laughs> I have Swiss cheese brain at the moment as well, which is which is a fun time. But we're going to go back to the question of are we queer enough? Yes. Back in the day. Do you know I was looking at dates on that? Fuck me. That was so early. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. Like early, early 2020. Like Ooh. I feel like as soon as you got here, we were like, let's make a podcast. Oh, absolutely. And like we were sleeping beside each other, but we definitely were not as like enamored with each other as what we are now. Yeah. So in case anybody is listening, being like, I wonder if it's my time to swoop in and either take little Len off their feet and, you know, spirit them away from each other. Too bad. We became more gay more enamored, more in love. I mean, to also to be fair, like, please have at it because we would like that as well. Oh, absolutely. Because we're still wildly non-monogamous. Oh, yeah, that hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> we still believe in all the things. So, like, hey, shoot your shot. Have at it. Please. Um, sweep, sweep both of us off our feet. Honestly. And then, uh, you know, you get We love a house husband. We absolutely do. Uh, you know, we have a community husband, but we, none do. of, we don't sleep with that one. No. Um, so we thought we'd revisit the question because back then we were both struggling a little bit with this idea of like what it meant to be queer and whether we were queer enough. 
without really knowing like what that meant. And I don't even mm. remember what we said in that podcast. No, but I think the question itself tells you a lot. Are we queer enough? And this was coming at a time where we were sleeping next to each other, fucking each other, really getting to know each other. And we're asking ourselves the question as to AFAB humans, are we queer enough? Yeah, which is really kind of shit, which we may have said in that episode. I don't know. But fast forward two years, let's say, roughly, give or take, um, I don't think either of us have any concerns about that anymore. Hey, baby, are you queer enough? I'm pretty sure I'm pretty fucking queer. Yeah. 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 Uh, I definitely am. I think I have personally on my own journey, I've come into my queerness more than I ever expected to. And I love it. <laughs> um, so I sent you that TikTok today. Mm. The one, uh, it referenced the Query podcast, which I love Query. It's a very cool podcast. Um, but they were sort of talking about the fact that, and look, this is like third hand of third hand because obviously I'm referencing a TikTok that was talking about a podcast. Like that's the world we live in. I could just say I read on the internet, but that wouldn't be true. Um, so... They were talking about the fact that, um, you know, one of the reasons that queer culture is kind of pervasive is that this process of coming out means that you really have to challenge the status quo. You have to come out of the closet, so to speak. You have to reject the cultural norm of heteronormativity, which like it still is. Like it's still assumed from the time that you're tiny that you will be straight until proven otherwise kind of vibe. Um, And because we've done that as queer people, then often what follows is this questioning of lots of other things as well and questioning monogamy and beauty standards and all the, you know, everything else that comes with that. And I think that might have been a little bit, what we might have been struggling with back then was like we knew that in terms of our identities, we were definitely queer, like obviously we were both bisexual openly. We were practicing bisexuals, although you are still a valid bisexual if you are not a practicing bisexual. Honestly, I love the idea of practicing bisexual (laughs) because if you're sleeping with anyone, you're practicing bisexual. Well, Um, like even if it is in a straight passing relationship, uh, you know, you're still gay, like you're still queer if Mm. you're in a queer relationship, actually, to of – my favorite humans just got married yesterday, a shout out. Um, and they are in a queer relationship, even though one is AMAB and the other one is AFAB. Yeah. At the end of the day, both of them are bisexual. They are in a queer relationship, even though it looks straight from the outside. Yeah. But I think back then what was happening was we we knew that part of our identity, but we didn't feel like as deeply connected to other parts of queer culture, maybe, mm. which is what has become a bit of a thing. And I guess we've all been, we've all been, look at me making gross generalizations. Um, I think, you know, the rise of the TikTok lesbian over the last two years and the pandemic and everything and the the um, connectedness that is available through platforms like TikTok and the queer visibility that happens there, mm. I think has made a really big difference to that kind of thing. Like Caribbean Eclipse be damned. Like they're for everyone, not just the lesbians. <laughs> but I think there's a really great thing about TikTok becoming such a haven for those in queer cultures like if you think about it the way that tiktok algorithm works is really just looking at what you like most and then giving you more of that and if you're 
you know, uh, liking a lot of queer content, uh, honestly, it's a great time that your TikTok is going to slowly but surely become more queer or you become like me and actually don't have a For You page because everyone just sends you TikToks and you only exclusively watch them because that's the only way that you internet now. But that's like how I'm gay for you is I just I send you my cur- little curated personal TikTok feed for you to watch. It makes me so happy. I don't have to expect TikTok to give me the right things. I get the right things automatically from all my loved ones curating my TikTok feed. <laughs> <laughs> and then I rank them over which ones I open up first. Don't say that publicly because now they're all going to want to know like what order they come in and – I'm bringing back the MySpace days of a top eight. Amazing. I love that. Um, I have to circle back to the practicing bisexual thing because it made me think about the shitty Christian school recently forbidding bisexual acts. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And I feel like that was like one of your favorite parts of that entire shit show that went on of course city point we're gonna call you out what the fuck are bisexual acts like is a bisexual woman having sex with a bisexual man is that is that a heterosexual act or is it a bisexual it's a bisexual act because like your friends you know like if they're both queer but they are their technically they're married are they having bisexual acts no but see yeah but they should be i mean according to the church probably it's all fine because they got married and it's a you know a a man and a woman and that means that it's all sanctioned but they're bisexual acts yeah so i'm really confused um because i figure that bisexual acts is stuff like making ikea furniture um so uh city point i'm not being I, able to make decisions yeah and like half your nails are actually done mhm yep um and pretty similar to adhd traits honestly yeah <laughs> rude (laughs) i feel attacked um but really like i just city point can you lay it down on me what bisexual acts are you forbidding your students to do um and you know those around them because i just want to know how much of you know the house maintenance gets left by the wayside because of the bisexual acts (laughs) so one of the things i think (laughs) The whole question of like being queer enough is this like immersion in queer culture because then sometimes I think what happens is what can look like gatekeeping from the outside is almost more just shared experience on the inside. Mm. And I think that's really tricky to navigate because for people, so like when we first encountered, like when I first started dating other women or non-binary folk on online dating, it's different to dating cis men. Oh, absolutely. It's really different. Oh, sweet baby angels, cis men. My God, get it together. But so it's not that the it's it's not so much and look, there is a lot there is obviously a lot of actual gatekeeping in queer spaces. Oh, yeah, we can have a whole podcast episode <laughs> dedicated to that alone. But I also think sometimes it's actually more just like so now if I was doing that I would have access to language or shorthand or kind of, I guess, maybe community norms Mm. around the way that, say, poly people show up online dating or 
um, queer people show up in online dating. Like there are going to be questions that it's really fucking normal for a queer person to ask early on that a cis guy would be like, why, what, no, go away. Like my whole thing is, you know, tell me the weirdest fucking things about you and then tell me like what your beliefs are in regards to the cultural zeitgeist of, you know, uh, how you date and show up in the world. Yeah, um, which a like, cis boy would be like, I just want to fuck you. Yeah, and I'm like, cool, I'm okay with you fucking me, but like are you going to communicate that you just want to fuck me or are you going to fuck me around and say that you uh, want to see me as something more? Because that's not my jam actually. Can you just tell me what you actually want yeah. um, so I can make the assessment straight up whether or not you're worth my time and I'm worth your time? Because if it's a very, very huge difference there – uh, what's the fucking point? Um, you and know. I feel like the – and look, I can, obviously we can't speak for other queer spaces, but the queer communities and that we tend to move in and our friends and circles and things like that, the rate of neurodivergency is also really high in those spaces. What? Understatement of the century. And so things like consent are really openly discussed or, you know um, – and, and consent in such a broader aspect, like around um, preferences in terms of sensory things or, you know, accommodations made for people and stuff like that. Like I feel like there's just so much more crossover. So the, the way we communicate is just really different. Oh, a hundred percent. It's quite interesting to uh, to see how normal people communicate when I'm out and about. That was beautiful. Oh my God. Normal, normal people. people. <laughs> I'm going to have to unpack that one. Uh, but, you know, ones without the extra spice of life to the mentals. <laughs> the cishets. The cishets. The neurotypical cishets. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's such a different way of communication. Like I'll message a friend and I'll be like, hello, cannot talk, cannot think, but I'm thinking of you and do not bother if you also cannot talk or cannot think thank you <laughs> and then I just go off for another three to six months and then they're like okay yeah. cool I'm still friends with that person and I think that's something that's really interesting that I haven't really considered is the fact that I am atrocious at keeping constant contact with people who I love and adore um however I still think that the same level of friendship will be there even when I come back in like six months. And you don't, but you don't have great time awareness. Oh, no. And I mean, there's that whole debate around is it object permanence or is it not? Is that the right word? But like you definitely struggle with if somebody's not in your immediate vision, they're sort of they, – they cease to exist for you temporarily. Uh-huh. Which I think is what – like and this is one of these things that I get a bit sort of yeah, – about seeing any of that as a negative because – it actually also means that your joy when you see them again is literally like you seeing them for the first time ever and you are so excited. Okay, so I want everyone to take a moment after you listen to this podcast and I want you to look at um, mili- like military personnel reunited with dogs. I am the dog. I am so fucking excited that you're there and, oh, my God, I want to lick you and I just want to be around you. And then as soon as we part, I'm like, I feel like there's something missing, but I can't figure out what it is. 
Yeah, and then usually I remind you that there's a person that you love and then you do that <gasps> all over again. Oh, my God, I love that person. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole life is heartwarming dog reunited videos. Pretty much. It's great. I love it. Hey, like, I'm here for it. I get to experience the joy of seeing someone who I've, like, I love and adore and cherish every so often through whole new eyes. And I guess, like, just going back to that thing of, like, gatekeeping versus shared community, I think this is kind of the stuff we're talking about. Like, we have shorthand with our friends. It's like, hello, still alive, love you, bye, right? And we don't do that to exclude other people, but I can see how that would also feel that way to people on the outside. Oh, yeah. And I guess the thing is, like, if you are someone who's sitting on the edges of a space like that, I'm just, I think particularly, you know, um, women, non-binary kind of humans in queer spaces are genuinely so fucking excited to meet new people Mm. and all you actually have to do is just be a decent human and communicate. And you might need to communicate with a little more openness than what you're used to in other spaces, but you can also even just say that. Yeah. Like if, you know, we've got friends who are new to dating women and exploring that whole world and discovering what that looks like and that's – it's – amazing to watch it's beautiful because it changes the way you talk to people it changes the questions you ask people it changes how you show up for people when you start exploring those spaces I no longer uh, I get very annoyed at the games that the cishet straight dudes um it's It's true I'm like uh can, can can you just like and I feel like we've we've uh, said this on this podcast a bunch of times like we have no problem if a relationship is going to be purely the fucking oh yeah but just say that oh please tell me you just want my body fuck yes I don't need to have emotional communication with you if it's a situation where you're like look honestly I just want to like pump and dump hey then I can make the choice if I want to be the dump Thank you. Exactly. And sometimes I do. You do. My God, I do. Especially when I'm ovulating. We can also get into that because that's gotten a little hectic lately. I actually think we might have a whole podcast on that from previously. Mm, didn't wouldn't we do surprise me. A whole thing about what happens when you ovulate. Oh my God. I feel like we did. I feel like so. Yeah. But I guess that's why, you know, and have we done a relationship anarchy podcast yet? I don't think we did. Oh, we need to talk about that one. I'd like to go through that because I think that's the thing. You know, for us, it's about setting clear kind of expectations around a relationship and not necessarily in a way like, to be fair, when you and I first met, we didn't know where it was going to go. So things can evolve and shift and change with both parties' consent. Mm -hmm. But what feels really shitty is the number of, like, I've had so many interactions with cis men particularly where they'll say... I want this, we clarify what that means to both of us. Because, like, friends with benefits means different things to different people. Okay, can I yes, – because I go. had a feeling, what does friends with benefit mean to you? To me, that means genuinely somebody I would actually, like, hang out with. So, friend, right? So, they have to meet my minimum benchmark for friend. 
And my minimum benchmark for friend is interesting human, mutual exchange. So like for me, a friendship, they have to see and value who I am and I have to see and value who they are. They have to, there has to be some give and take in the rest, in the relationship in both directions. If it's one-sided, it's really gross. There has to be an ease of communication, um, friendship, like actual friendship. And then you have sex sometimes when it feels good for both of you. Mm-hmm. That's friends with benefits. If you want less than that, that's casual sex or Thank a you. hookup. Correct. I feel like friends with benefits because I'm 100% with you there. I'm looking for a friend who I also fuck. Um, like, you know, I like I would like to have a relationship with the human, but I don't want it to be a relationship. Well, you don't want it to be romantic. No. So that's the thing. It doesn't it doesn't have to have romance or um necessarily like intimacy. I just want platonic fucking. Yeah. Well, like that's- that's exactly it. I love platonic fucking. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. But I think that's the <laughs> thing, you know, like, and that's where the, the relationship anarchy stuff comes into it yeah. is you can separate out those pieces. If if you're someone that works for, which for me it does, and we, you know, we have female friends who come around and, you know, we'll snuggle them in bed between us and give them cuddles and it's this platonic physical intimacy. Mm. So we can do that. And in all honesty, I think there are so many different variations there. You could have someone that you have a romantic connection with but no sex. Mm-hmm. That would be completely valid and fine. I could not do that. I would get too turned on. But that would be valid if you were someone who loved the romance mm-hmm. and you wanted to, someone to take you on candlelit dinners and buy you flowers and do the things that speak romance to mm-hmm. you, but you don't necessarily want to have sex with them. Yeah. Why not? Like, and that's – it's all the part of, like, figuring out what each section means to you. I – like – we were talking about this just before. There's ways that you talk to people that if you did that to me, I would be absolutely devastated. Oh, 100%. Uh, like, I can be an asshole. And look, but like, I think it's a funny. Sexy asshole. Yeah, yeah, look. I, <laughs> but the banter is strong. I hate the word banter. But like, the sass and the shit that I'll give some of my usually male friends, like, you know, it, I, I enjoy hurting their ego a little bit, but. It's funny and we do it back and forward and we kind of spar a little bit, but you would be heartbroken if I did that to you. Absolutely. And there are people who I do that to and they do that to me as well and that's okay. But I can't get that from you. It's not the same. It's not what I want. I want you for something different. And that means that you are not the human to fulfill that need in my life and that is okay because guess what, baby? Um, I'm letting you off the hook. You don't need to be everything for me even though – even though you are so much for me. This is a completely sideways example, but you know how um, recently we've discovered that you are also not terribly good at motivating me to do things because I know that your love for me is so profound <sighs> that like, because <laughs> like, here's the thing. If I said to you that I'd be really disappointed if you didn't make the bed every morning. Oh my God, my pussy just clenched. <laughs> Yeah, you do it because you were turned on. But you'd also genuinely, like, see, that's it, right? If you said it to me, I'd be like, oh, baby, you couldn't be disappointed in me, no, even I if you tried. Because I just look at you and I'm so proud of you in every single way that I can't be disappointed in you. No. 
thankfully though, I have a friend who, because I was trying to get back to Pilates, who then like paid for some Pilates membership for me and then was like, you'll go now, right? And I'm like, well, of course I fucking will because you paid for it. And now I feel guilty if I don't like that motivated me. Whereas it doesn't work like that with you. No. Because no. I know you love me too much to ever, you couldn't even think a negative thought about me if you tried. See, I'm right. I'm actually really trying right now. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, I could make something up. Look, to be fair, we do have conflict. We have moments. Once I said a pink per- a, a pink toothbrush was pink and someone thought it was purple and we had a bit of a meltdown for about half an hour. But do you like I feel like if we could do a Patreon where it was fly on the wall our arguments, we would have zero people on there because it would be the most stupid stuff that we have arguments about. Like, is the toothbrush pink or purple? Yeah, it was pink. It looked like it had a purple tinge to it, okay? In that way. <laughs> Okay, it looked like it. It's pink overall, but yours was pinker than mine. Mine looked more purple in comparison. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Do you know what's also really silly? Is Unresolved trauma. Like, well, but the, I don't know about you, but the reason I went for the toothbrush is because I can't remember any of the other arguments we've had. Me neither. We not. We don't really have a lot of things come up. And then when we do, we work through them and, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this podcast has turned into rather than are you queer enough is how queer can we be <laughs> in one episode. Um, but I, I actually do want to touch on that. Um, I think what you said about queerness and gatekeeping, I feel like a lot of the time there are aspects of – even the gay community where they are extremely gatekeeping to experiences of bisexuality and people who are on the outer. And that can be extremely isolating for someone who is, in fact, part of that community but feels left out of it. Uh, So I think we need to have a bit more kindness for our fellow queer and, uh, you know, give a bit of love and respect and openness. And I'm going to put this out to every single lesbian and gay person, but if you ever say that you're a gold fucking tier human because you haven't touched a penis or a vagina in any way, shape or form, you are part of the problem and you are a straight person. It's also deeply transphobic. It's Fucking disgusting. Fucking disgusting. Yeah. But anyway, just mm. want you to like unpack that because, you know, you're being you were here asshole. for the laughs, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> you're a dick. Um, <laughs> but uh, so am I queer enough? Fuck yes. Yes. Are you queer enough, baby? Fuck yeah. Because guess what? No matter who we sleep with, we are always gay and queer and bi. We are the labels that we choose to put on ourselves, not the ones that people choose to put on us. Sappy. Fuck me. You're so gay. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I um, I've missed this. Yeah, me too. I like looking at you with the microphone on and it makes me think that you have a really sexy mustache. 
Go turn you on, baby. So much, actually. Can you wear a mustache in the bedroom? It's been a while since I've had a guy touch me. No. Yeah, no. I'll wear other things that'll uh, make you think of a man. <laughs> the pink one? Yeah. Excellent. So on that note, uh, we are not going to go do anything because there are small humans here this week and we do not have the house to ourselves, but we're going to think about it and maybe while they're at school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, a good seven hours? I don't think that's enough time. Probably not. <sighs> Damn it. I would say until next week, but um, <laughs> <laughs> until next, we slip into your drawers, drawers, inbox, ear holes. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined your like little seductive moment by saying ear holes. Until we next slip into your holes of the ear variety. No, it's still bad. Damn it. Fuck. Until we next lull you with our sweet, sweet voices. Love ya. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>